Welcome to Mornings with Matt, personal and professional development training that connects the art of acting with critical life skills and self-mastery. Presented by the Deering Acting Studio. Okay, good morning everybody and welcome to Mornings with Matt. Today we've got Miss Chris Minola on the show. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? You know what? We're um we're finding a way. We're definitely yeah. finding a way. It's it, you know, I think everybody can agree it, it, it's not easy, but um we we've been we've been having fun finding the the challenge of of figuring out how to do certain things through this. So Yeah. Yeah. So what can we do for you? You got you have some acting questions I hear? Yeah, I do. And one of them that I, I really struggle with is sounding natural when delivering my lines, especially if I'm in a situation that maybe I've never been in, in in real life. How do I do that without overacting? Um, So the rule is, is you have to try to get yourself to a place where you believe that you have been there in real life. And I know that sounds that sounds weird, but if we were so so this would be recorded back and forth, right? And you have to imagine if you were given this dialogue, even the question that you just asked me, how would you deliver it as an actor? And could you do it the way you just did it as a person? Yeah, in this instance, yeah, because this isn't this isn't very unusual. I think it'd be harder than you think. Why? Why is that? Because what happens is when we're when we're acting, the the ideas, the lines are being triggered from our brains. We're trying to remember the line, then think of what to say, and then try to say it the way we want it to come out. Whereas when you're just talking. Um, it's more it's more improvisational like you're coming up with it as you go right so the idea is that can you repeat the exact same line the exact same way and it's it's much harder than you think mm -hmm. so the 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 goal really is just it it really starts with that crazy unbelievable amount of memorization yes so you get there to where you just know this thing so well that you could deliver it a hundred different ways. And then you want to practice it as many different ways as possible so that you have options. And then you just listen. So the way that you're listening right now, very intent, um, all in listening, you, that's where you want to be. Because what happens is instead of listening the way you are right now, we, we start thinking about, our own lines and and what we're going to say next and so you lose the end of what the other person's saying and then you have a hard time delivering the line the way that it should be delivered based off of what the other person said or how they said it and then like you take a monologue which becomes even harder i think and and now you're creating what the other person's saying in your mind listening to that hoping that it's a little bit different in your in your imagination and then you're responding to it in your imagination yeah that's what i was going to ask because i, I know when there's a two-person scene if i do listen intently and 
and feed off of their energy and what they've just given me, then I can, you know, maybe say my lines better that way. But if there's nobody with me, if it's a monologue, that really is a challenge. Yeah, it is. And so then, then what it is is double the work because now you have to create the other person you're talking to. So, so you not only do your work for your character, but you do the work for the person you're talking to also. And you imagine who they are and, and what they're thinking. And then, you know, it's, it's sort of like playing chess against yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to be uh, like, I've done this before many times. I'll play chess against myself or I'll play like uh, billiards or something. Um, and I'll play one-on-one, but it's me against me. And I, and I really go all in on trying to win for both sides, stripes and solids or, or, or black versus white. So I'll make a move and then I'll, I'll think to myself like, ooh, well, yeah, I got him. And then I'll go to the other side of the table and I'll be like, hmm, I wonder what he's trying to do there. <laughs> I'll try to beat myself on the other side. So you kind of need to do that for, your, for the character who's, who you're talking to they have an opinion about you an opinion about how you said the line that you said and you need to you need to let yourself imagine that if you screw up or you say something kind of weird that the person you're talking to noticed it mm-hmm. and and they picked up on it and they have an opinion about it and then, and then they look at you a certain way and you respond to that so it's it's a it's a terribly difficult thing to do but really it all comes down to your imagination and are you are you really believing what you're saying? Are you believing that the circumstance is true? And that's all the work of an actor is to try to figure out how to believe what I'm saying is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the preparation part is, is pretty important because otherwise you're in your head thinking, oh, what is my next line? And especially if two lines are fairly similar, you don't want to mix them up. That's a hundred. Yeah, that's a hundred percent it. It's all the preparation to what you want to do is you want to prepare, 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 so that you can let go. Mm-hmm. It's the letting go part that that a lot of people struggle with, and it might be. I think it might be your struggle is the letting go part, getting all the way to performance and then not holding on to any choice, not holding on to anything, and being willing to improvise even in a monologue. And when I say improvise, I don't mean change the words. I mean, be improvisational to, to where you could be, you, you would surprise yourself. So you've never done it this way before, and, and you're listening to your own spirit inside, and something tells you to get up. So you just get up. And you're mm-hmm. like, I've never done it that way before. So it feels scary. But then from that place, now I don't know what comes next a little bit, and that's a good thing because your character doesn't either. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's something, too, is not anticipate. You know, when you've done the scene multiple times, I think it's hard to not anticipate the next line you know is coming, which you wouldn't know in real life. Exactly. Exactly. So you have to know it so well that you can forget about it and then not even think about it at all. And I like to put myself in a position, especially if I'm in a scene where – I would uh, deliver my line, listen, and be listening so intently that I forget that it's my turn to talk until they're done talking or Mm -hmm. until something that they say 
triggers me and I want to talk really badly. And then as I go to remember my line or as I go to speak, it's like the line the playwright or the author gave me is right there. It's just available to me. And I and a lot of times I think, oh, that's the perfect thing to say. Like that's that's exactly what I want to say right now. And then you mm-hmm. and then you lay it on them, you know. Um, but it's it's the uh, have you have you ever seen a kid who's um, they're, they're they're kind of in the developmental stage and they'll they'll say something to the other person and then after they say it they sort of repeat what they said they repeat their own words like mm-hmm. almost like they like whisper it what do they whisper have you ever seen that a kid do that I have yeah 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 so that's a little bit like what what um, some actors do is they'll they're 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 looking at you and they're they're listening or they look like they're listening but really they're kind of like triggering their next line in their head making sure they're not going to forget what their next line is mm-hmm. and so you're up here going like what's my next line like is it and, and you're, you're trying to like tell yourself what to say that means you haven't completely let go of the script and you're not a hundred percent all in on listening to the other person that makes sense yeah. yeah, I think of some of the exercises we've done in class, the one I felt was pretty helpful to me was when we bounce the ball back and forth while we're saying our lines. Yeah. So we, we learned to be distracted. I thought that was a that was a great exercise. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And and so we do that with a lot of things. And when it comes to your memorization, my, uh, my whole goal is how do I purposely screw myself up? I've been talking a lot on this show about false pressure, trying to put false pressure on yourself in different ways in order to motivate you through this uh, crisis. And yeah. it's something that I've, I've gotten good at over the last few years of putting these false pressures on myself in order to try to achieve certain things. Because if mm-hmm. you don't feel any kind of a deadline attached to something, then there's no way you'll ever do it. And yeah. so, yeah, so the, the ball exercise is one that's like, okay, I think I've got it memorized. Okay, well, do you? Let's now throw let's throw a ball back and forth and see if you can still rattle this thing off super fast. So what's happening is your brain is having to catch a ball, having to move your hand and like you're having to do something else while saying your line and you'll realize I either do know it or I don't. But then we can take it further and we can say, okay, so once you get that done, what else can you do? Um, can you say it while getting dressed and undressed? Can you say it while driving? Can you say it while eating breakfast? Um, and, and I'm talking like rifle it off super fast, monotone, like the words are just there. No matter what I do, I could still say it. Could somebody come in and scare me and I could just deliver the next line without, without thinking, you know? Um, so, so you, once you learn to memorize in this way where the script, I, I call it like it becomes a part of your body. It's like, it's like your hand or something. Like it's just a part of who you are. Then um the the whole the whole rest of the process becomes so much easier because then you can play without being in your head but being in mm-hmm. your head is like it's the it's the worst thing it's the worst feeling in the world and once you've freed yourself of it even once you you know the feeling and you go oh this is this is so much better it feels so much better yeah that makes sense so it sounds like the message is do the work do the work yep yep do the work, do the work. It, yeah. it, it's going to yeah. be and, and it's not going to solve every problem, but it will definitely be a really good starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Good. What else you got for me? 
Um, on acting, that's that was my big question, and, and you, you've done a great job answering it. So thank you. Sure. Um, I guess just on a personal level, you know, I mentioned I'm pretty much an extrovert, stuck in the house, um, and I miss I miss people. I mean, it's it's nice to see you guys here online, and it's but it's not the same as coming to the acting studio and sitting next to my fellow actors and talking to them and just having casual conversations out in in the lobby. What do you do about that? You know, that's a good question. I think I think we're all dealing with that. So um, what are you doing right now? Well, you know, really just these kind of video chats and, and they're they're I guess they're the only thing we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I miss a lot of activities. I miss doing a yoga class. When you do yoga, you feed off the energy and the breath of other people in the room. And, and when you do that at home, you just you simply don't have that. Um, I miss, you know, I just miss casual conversations. I miss just going where there's people. It, it's a, it's a tough place, and I know those are small problems compared to what the first responders and the healthcare workers are dealing with, or worse, somebody that has the COVID nineteen. But I think for some of us, they they there are problems. There are real problems. Um, not not to that extent, but we're still struggling. No, it is a big deal, and I think there's um, there's a whole underlying aftermath that that is potentially coming and I think we all know it but um, there's there's obviously going to be the economic impact of of this whole this whole thing I mean we just stopped everything all of a sudden and I was talking to my wife yesterday about just the environmental impact that we we don't even know what's gonna happen but it to to take 80% of the world and just stop for a second is going to have some kind of an impact and I like I told her I was like I have no idea what like I don't know, but there's there's something where when when uh, the world is used to having people trample all over it back and forth back and forth and then all of a sudden it's not like I don't know what's gonna I don't know if it means we're gonna have a, bu- a bunch of mosquitoes all of a sudden or like what's gonna happen but there's gonna be some kind of a repercussion I feel like you know, um, and so one of the other I think big aftermaths is probably going to be depression. And it's going to be this this sense of uh, loneliness, you know, because we've all been cooped up, and and I believe the human animal is a social animal, and we need interaction, you know, we need hugs and high fives and handshakes, and some people were saying, "I was this the death of the handshake forever," and I'm like, I I don't think so. I don't think it can be. Humans are just we're just too much a social species. Like we we need to get back into this flow, you know. Um, so what do we what do we do about this? I mean, I even think uh, to take what you're saying even further. You 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 think about people in uh, in like retirement homes who are literally locked in, you know, and yeah. and not sick, but there are people sick around them, and and they're, you know, I I know my uh, my mother in law would would visit her mom, and she'd have to just stand in the lobby and wave, you know. I mean, that's that's as mm-hmm. close as they could get was just you know doing this, and it's. Um, it's sad, you know, it's, it's sad to think about that. So, um, I don't have the answer. I can only tell you what, what I've done to try to protect my mind has been this. I assume we're going to go back soon. I really think that I I think it, it, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a month and it feels like forever. It really does. So what I've tried to do is rather than Rather than have this countdown, because you know if you're um, 
it's funny how time works. Time is it's such a mental game, right? So there's something weird about you you go to um I don't know, you, you go on a trip or something like that and you're you're anticipating something and it can take forever to get to the thing when you're really anticipating and then the way back can seem really fast. Right. Because you yeah. don't because you don't want to come back, you know. Um a day could go really fast if you're if you're having fun and you're and you're uh, not wanting to go to work tomorrow, and the day could just fly by. Where whereas if you're at work, it could just you could be looking at the clock and just going like this day is never going to end. So mm -hmm. so what is that going on when it's really the same twenty four hours? What's happening? It it really is a mental game. So the mental game that I've been playing with myself in order to help help me and I've and I've given this advice to a few people is I've I've reversed the countdown somehow so I thought to myself rather than thinking and and I just put an arbitrary number on there but but thinking okay let's say we have 30 days left and for me it's always better to to over exaggerate a little bit so so if I say 30 days left hopefully that there's less you know um, so I'm like okay there's 30 days left what does that mean that means I only get 30 days for me to increase who I am, for me to develop something new, for me to, you know, let's let's take yoga. For me to, I, like, I, I've decided before I go back to my yoga class, I will have mastered or, or been able to do a new pose that I, I could have never done. And so every day is like me pushing to that to that place and I've decided that I'm gonna do it before the quarantine ends. Like I'm committed to doing it. So then all of a sudden you look at the clock differently and you're going like, Oh, I only have twenty two days left. Like I, I really gotta like hustle and get like make sure that I'm pushing through this, you know, this obstacle, whatever it is. So we've set a bunch of different obstacles for ourselves and and it feels like a race against time. And so time is going by quicker than it than it was or than it would be if we if it was the other way around where we're sitting around waiting and going like when is this thing ever going to end then you're like the kid in the back of the car that's just looking at the clock asking what time it is all day you know mm -hmm. and and that and that's I think the big thing because in the grand scheme of life a month or two months is is nothing it's very very small but in in the moment, it's huge, it's massive. I mean, we've we've never done this before. We just shut down for this amount of time, and so everyone's just speculating too about the, like I mentioned before, about the aftermath. And I think that's where most people's fears are coming from, which is the normal, uh, the normal place that fear comes from. You know, they call it false evidence appearing real. So everybody's mostly scared of the thing that hasn't happened yet. Like well, that's true because. I mean, who knows how how big the economic impact will be? And I, I don't know how we go back to maybe that false sense of security we had right before this happened because things were great. The economy was great. I mean, our problems were pretty – if you had your health, then your problems were pretty light, Yeah, I think. I, I, I agree. Mean, and and now we get to a place, though, where we say we don't, we don't know. So, yeah. so I, I look at this and I say, all right um, – that could be the case. It might be probable based on what everybody's saying. But technically, what is the economy? The economy just needs everyone to spend money. Like, that's it. Yeah. So if, yeah. if, if they say, hey, let's let's go again, and everyone says, all right, cool. I'll just go back to the restaurants I, I frequent. I'll go back to all my, 
my activities that I do and and I'll go back to work it'll just it'll just kick right back on you know but if we sit in that place of fear that that's where it's going to be it's going to really hold us back and um yeah I mean it's just it's just unprecedented waters it's it, we it's unknown which is why it's scary there's there's yeah, just, I think that's the hard thing you know for, for me my paycheck has continued so that's okay but I mean, how do people that have gone now 45 days without a paycheck, how do they feel comfortable going to the movies and spending $25 just frivolously? That's, I think that's going to be the. Right. And I, and, and I think that's, that's where the, that's where the stimulus check thing came in and different things. And, and, and I don't know, like, again, I don't know. I, I think everyone's situation's different. And unfortunately this, this whole thing probably, you know, lifted the veil on, on, Anybody who is who is struggling or, or working paycheck to paycheck or in debt, like just needing to to relook at some of those habits, even too, because it's, it's a scary thing not to have an emergency fund set aside and, and different things like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it is it is uncharted waters, but if we're all willing to help, we're all willing to be generous and this and that. I mean, you also need the movies, you know, you need a release, you need you need to get out. So people will find a way, you know, people are survivors. That's, that's the big thing. So if we just, if we just believe in people, we have, we have a faith in humanity and we reopen all of our gates here. I, th I think we're going to be all right. Um, but like I said, I mean, we're, we're just, we're battling something together that we've, we've never ever had to deal with before. So it's the unknown on the other end of it that becomes what we're all scared of but but it's it's irrational to be afraid of something that hasn't happened yet and may never happen yeah so and there's some good lessons taken out of this too i mean i think you know having more time with family has been great the impact on the environment i think has been really good if you you know think about the smog that we're not seeing so much in phoenix and mm -hmm. some of the pictures we've seen of waters and other places becoming clear and dolphins swimming around where they're not normally um i hope that we do keep some of the lessons that we've learned. I hope I keep some of the lessons I've learned. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, think about that. It'd be weird, but, but who <laughs> we've, we've never, we've never gone through this before, but imagine if, if it was a normal, let's say, let's say once a year, it was just the way the world worked that we all just stopped for a month. Yeah. Everybody took a month siesta and we, you all just go indoors, be with family and relax for a minute. And then you go back to you go back to normal, and let's say the reason was because we had some sort of evidence about the environment, and and we'd be able to protect, uh, you know, the the atmosphere or whatever. And we just we were all convinced that we had to do it, or the world was gonna implode. Once we know, once we know there's a beginning and an ending to something, all of a sudden the certainty changes everything. So I, I actually think, you know, it, it was not good news. I think something came up where uh, Disney fired a bunch of their employees recently. They had to put they had to stop paying um, like a huge number of people. But I, it won't last forever. That's the thing. It won't last forever. So when when Disney reopens, there's something about Disneyland and Disney World, I think, that is a something where it's going to give everyone peace, you know. Like, mm -hmm. hey, if Disney can open and they can be open for a couple of weeks and nothing horrific happens, I think we're all good to go, 
you know, because that that's a big mix of a bunch of people from around the world all getting together in the same space. And, you know, it's one of America's like, you know, f- favorite, favorite things of, of, of our of our generation. So if uh, I have this feeling that when Disneyland opens, America opens. I sure hope so, because I, I think we're I think we're ready. I mean, summer's coming. People want to take their vacations. They want to see their family. Um, for us, we've been pretty fortunate here in Arizona because we since you're allowed to go outside, we can go out and walk and it's been beautiful. But pretty soon that's not going to be the case. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think it, Arizonans have been very lucky. And, and when we when we're dealing with the heat, the 110 degree weather and we don't want to go outside and we can't go anywhere. That's going to be a whole nother animal. I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess the lesson for you and for everybody here, if if you if you want to try to play my little game, find some obstacles, find some some fun, productive, healthy obstacles to almost be afraid of not accomplishing. So you just I love that. I haven't thought of that, and that is just that's such a fantastic idea because I am pretty driven as far as goal oriented. Yes. So to come up with maybe saying I could do 10 push-ups, which probably is not going to happen, but you know, something there you go. Like- yeah, that's, that's perfect. 10 push-ups. And so you're like, I have 30 days to do 10 consecutive push-ups. Yeah. So then we're going go- to need a few more months. <laughs> well then make you know, make it five, whatever it is. And then say, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, even if you don't get there, who cares? Right. So you, yeah. so then, then today, let's just say you, you do assisted pushups of some way you're on your knees and you, and you're like, okay, I got 10 that way. Cool. And tomorrow I'm going to do 10 or 12 that way. And maybe one regular to start. And then worst case scenario, you fail, you fail at this, this arbitrary goal you set for yourself, but you, but it mattered to you. You wrote it down. It really mattered. Are you worse off 30 days from now? Because you can do three or four pushups that you couldn't do before. But now, you know, no, of course not. Like you're better off. And what's what's going to happen in the reverse? If you don't set something for yourself like that, that's when we get ourselves into the danger zone where we end up on the couch. We end up, you know, doing the things that are out of our rhythm because we, we haven't found a way to push ourselves. And and sometimes it's like being in a community will help will help to push you. So right now you have to do some of that for yourself. And then when you check in on these video chats and you're, and you're tapping in your communities in new ways, you have something to share. Like, hey, here's how I'm growing and developing through this. And then that will inspire your community. And then before you know it, everybody's kind of growing together. And, and I, I really do believe that for the most part, uh, most people are going to come out of this better and stronger. Because we, yeah, usu- we so. usually do, you know. We do. And I, I mean, hopefully everyone's t- taken this time to do something positive for themselves. One thing I do, I, I walk now at night, you know, I try to get my 10,000 steps in since I can't go to yoga or to the gym. And I've been listening to, te- to TED Talks. Oh, as cool. I walk. that's great. Yeah, it's been great. yeah, because I, you know, it makes the time go when you're trying to get 10,000 steps. That takes a while. So it makes the time go by pretty quickly. And I've been learning a few things, too. So that's great. That's great. What's that's what, what's been cool. what's been the favorite thing you've learned so far on the TED Talk? You know, I t- it was uh, Dr. Amy Cuddy, and she talked about, you can really relate this to acting, your physicality changing the way your brain works. Like she said, stand in a power pose for a few minutes. And, and this is something we could really take as actors. Maybe when you're getting ready to go on the audition room, maybe you just stand in a power pose for a minute. You might look a little silly looking like Wonder Woman, but you'll feel more 
your brain will follow your, your body, your physicality. And, and so, um, I mean, how simple is that? She said, and she even mentioned like how it is kind of unanimous where you, if you've done something great to throw your arms up in victory. And she even mentioned that blind people who have never seen anyone throw their arms up in victory, they still instinctively do that. It's a, mm. it's a physicality. It makes you feel better. And yeah. I feel better doing it. Yeah, I do um, too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Brian, um, do it. Put your hand. Or oh, Joey's here. Hey, Joey. Now we now we have to do the YMCA. YMCA. <laughs> no, you're right. And look and look at us. We're moving. We're smiling now. There's more energy in the room. 100. percent So yeah. this TED talk made you smarter. You reminded me of physicality, and I'm going to teach this tonight in my acting class. So there we go. We're impacting each other in a huge way because we talk about physicality yeah. all the time, as you know. A physicality of a character is massive. So if your yeah, character yeah. is a depressive type person, their physicality should match it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so you have to find the physicality of the character that you're playing. Well, as an actor, you, I mean, this, this lady's totally right and you're right. Why not put yourself in a power pose? And by the way, most people won't notice. You know, talking about yeah. people thinking you're crazy because of your superwoman power pose. They actually won't notice because most people are too worried about themselves. Yeah. You know, they're in the audition room going like, you know, and they're thinking about whatever. They're not worried about you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so that, just power pose it up. That was a great one. And I heard an, uh, another, it was Janine Driver was just talking about reading people's body language. And she mentioned some specific things you can, to, she was really more talking about when she was trying to figure out if someone was lying or, or perhaps guilty. And she mentioned, you know, not keeping eye contact or, you know, hiding your lips or just, the physical again the physicality how how you can use other people's physicality to maybe find out where they are at in, in the moment i love that and you know i've studied a ton of that because of just acting in general and i and i'm writing that book the best listener in the room so this yeah. idea of listening to body language is it's like a whole chapter that i that i've worked on but it's funny i don't know have you did you experience this when you were learning about it because i i was uh, studying this guy who was who worked for the FBI and talked a lot about the same type of things, where like the little the little nuances that he would look for in people that he could tell whether or not they were lying or not. It's hard to hear that and then not just be very self conscious of like everything you're doing. You know, like am I making eye con enough eye contact? Too much? Like, <laughs> you know. exactly. You get very. She mentioned like and and she showed a um an example and it was very minor, like the shoulder shrug, but. When she was showing it, it was such a minute action. It wasn't like a big action. It was just like a little one. And I'm like, shrugging my shoulders when. Yeah. But that was to show uncertainty or perhaps untruthfulness. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 then to take this again back to the acting part of of this whole thing, you, we do these little these little nonverbals that are that make it very clear that we're no longer listening. Oh yeah, and that's when I will usually jump in as a coach and say, "Hey, you're not connected. You're not in." And it and it can be very hard for actors to hear that because they're like, I, "What are you talking about? I'm, I'm right, you know, I'm right here." And I'm like, "I just I saw you disconnect. I could feel it." And yeah, and so you know, we got to get you in there and not thinking about your lines, but just completely connected to the other person, one hundred percent. Yeah, because the camera picks up every little motion. I mean, totally. 
yeah, you, you know, you and I, if we were talking face to face, I might forget in a second that you maybe disconnected, but, but, but if it's on film, you go back and you see it and you're like, wow, at that, in that moment he disconnected or I disconnected or got right in your head. Like you said. I noticed in the, in the masterclass we just finished that, um, my chair was a little too low. I think it was set for Brian. So a lot of times I kept like, like rearranging like this a little bit just to get my back straight. And the truth is during that exact moment, I'm trying to connect fully, but there's something else going on in my head, right? There's like, there's something else going where it's like, I'm also thinking, so I'm focused on you, but I'm also thinking that my back hurts a little bit and I have to straighten my posture or whatever, you know? So there's, there's all these thoughts that go through our heads and it's, it's fascinating. To me, it's fascinating, and that's what makes acting so special and so fun is to realize that the, the potential is, is forever exponential, which is why you can never repeat the same performance twice because how could your character be thinking the exact same thing every single time? They couldn't. There's going to be layered thoughts that are in there, so, and you bring yourself into the character. Now, the tone will be the same, but the exact delivery should be different. If it is rehearsed to the point that it sounds exactly the same, then you're not doing it right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Hey, it was so great to have you on this morning. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for asking me. I was so excited when I got the the invitation from Brian. Yeah, we love you. We, we can't wait to have all you guys back in here. It's going to be great. But in the meantime, we'll see you in the, uh, in the online courses. Yeah, I really appreciate what you guys do online because that is one thing that really makes the week feel a little bit normal because we get right into it and we, we do what we would do in the studio. And um, I know now we're maybe looking at it a little differently to see how we can bring in this new form of of, um, of performing that we do with the, the camera and the phone. But it's, yeah. just, it's, brought, it's brought a sense of normal to me. Well, so good. I really appreciate it. I'm glad. And, and, you know, going back to the positives, we've had now students from other states come in and start taking the classes. So depending on how things go, there, there's probably going to be a part of this worked into our regular program now. So where, where you know, the people will come in who, who can come in in person, but then we, we will have opportunities for people to be training online now that we've sort of figured this out. And the other thing that we figured out is this new genre of acting essentially really should be its own course ongoing yeah. because people yeah. need to learn that now. Like it's a new thing that they need to learn. So, yeah, we're pretty excited about it. As a matter of fact, if you get time and you can watch some of the master class that we just did over the weekend, you'll see some really creative choices from actors who have taken some great plays and found ways to make it work in this new format. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. I did see some of it yesterday oh, and I, so I know cool. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you soon. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Matt. Please like, subscribe, and follow us at Deering Acting Studio to keep up with the latest content. For more information on classes, private lessons, or professional development coaching, visit www.deeringstudio.com. Have a Deering day, everyone.